And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Honey Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the savvy Lisa Wolf. In this hour, we'll present an exciting detective episode of The Falcon, starring Les Damon from 1950. But first, it's Name That Tune. Lisa Wolf Cullen will play short clips from popular songs. And a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Ken and I will try to name that tune. Lisa, please say hello to Ken. Yes, we've got Ken on the phone from Chicago to play the game. Hey, Ken. Hi, Ken. Hi. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Hi Carl. great to have you with us. I'm big, I'm big fans of your Carl. Uh, the answer to your question of the last uh, the last show was draft is a nautical term for how much a ship needs to float in the water. Ah, oh, so I see. So it has a different uh, but it's, definition. It's pr- but it's spelled D R A U G H T, huh? Right, but it's pronounced D R A F T. Interesting. Very interesting. Were you yeah. in the Navy? No, I wasn't. No, no. no, no I didn't look good. I didn't look good in white. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> uh, Ken, well, thank you for that explanation. Appreciate it, my friend. And we're going to play the game. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. So these are all classic songs um, from the fifties and sixties, rock songs. I'm going to play a clip and uh, just shout out the title when you know it. Here's the first song. Like a Rolling Stone. Yes, you got it. Like Like a Rolling Stone. Stone. Absolutely right. And this is by Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. You know this song, John? I mean, Ken? Yes, I know the song, but I didn't know the song. Yeah, I know, I know. It's tough. So uh, this song was uh, over six minutes long. And so, uh, yeah, Columbia Records was very unhappy. The length was over six minutes, and they were hesitant to release, release it. Of course, it reached number two. On the Billboard charts in 1965. Wow. Yeah. Good right. one. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm like, uh, I'm up. I'm up. You're I'm up, up one. <laughs> I'm up one, Ken. We'll slow him down, right, Ken? All let's, right. Let's hear the second song. There it is. Oh. That is absolutely right. I can't get no satisfaction. The Rolling Stones, 1965. Yeah. Wow. All right, Ken. This was their first number one song in the United States. Was it? 
Was I on tour with him at this time? Or no, 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 no not uh, yet. You kind of uh, came okay. in a little bit later. And I guess I went on tour a little later. A little than later, this. yeah. All right, well, Ken Great and I song. are tied up. We're tied up. Here we up. go. Next song, 1971. There's too many of you crying. Marvin so, Gaye. Marvin Gaye. Yes. <laughs> this is a, um, There's far too many of you dying. Who sings better, me or Marvin Gaye? Well, I can't hear him. Uh, <laughs> Come on, guys. It's coming right here. There it is. What's going on? It is? That's, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> it is. 1971. All right, Ken. Cindy Lauper covered this song on her album True Colors, which came out in 86. You know her version? No. no I don't have it here for so you. So Ken is up. <laughs> Ken is up two to one. All right. Here we go. Right, 1965. Ken. Respect. There it is. It's Respect. By Aretha Franklin. Yeah. Now, so this was originally released by Otis Redding in 65, and it became a hit um, in 67 for Aretha Franklin. We are tied up. Two Grammy Awards she got for this. Kent's pretty good at this. I'm getting nervous. (laughs) How many more so I can? Uh, We've got two more. Two more, Ken. We could tie, or you can win, or I can win. All right. That's pretty much the. That's that's pretty much what'll happen. Uh, My vote for Ken. Uh, Let's go to the next song from 1966. That's the Beach Boys. Beach Boys. Dreaming from something. Dreaming. That's a different song. Dream believer. (laughs) He's got it. Good vibrations. Absolutely right. This is composed by Brian Wilson, lyrics Mike Love. And um, yeah, this was inducted in the Grammy Hall of Fame in 1994. Good vibrations. Good vibrations. I mean, talk about classic, right? Oh, man, this is this is getting scary. I can only tie. The, the best I can do is tie. All right. Well, Ken, don't let him tie. OK, oh my gosh. Okay. All, All right. right. I hope it's an oldie. It Clear is. Oldie. It is. It's 1958. Let's oh, go, Ken. Oh, man. Deep down in Louisiana, close to New Orleans. Where my Jeffy Goods among the ever. Oh, 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 That's exactly right. It's Chuck Berry. This was number two on the Billboard chart. We'll go. This is one of the most recognizable songs, Carl. He's a little excited that he tied Ken. Go, Johnny, go, go. <laughs> go, Johnny, go, go. Johnny, be good. Well, there Ken. you go. Man, Ken, formidable. You guys formidable had, a good, had a good fight up there. Wow, Ken. We duked it out. Ken, you and I duked it out, buddy. Yeah, we tied up. Then. Yeah, you know what? You're a great player. Oh, I like Ken. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I like Ken. Uh, Ken, can you do one favor for me? Yes, sir. What would you like? What would you like, Ken? Could you play Misty for me? You can't hear him. Play what's that? Can you play Misty for me? Play Misty for me. So it's like, for, it's, for, it's from the movie. Yeah, play Misty for me, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Right. All right. Well, yes. you know what, Ken? You are going to receive a four CD set of the Twilight Zone radio drama. Sound good? 
Oh, that sounds great. And nah, weekend in Akron, Ohio. <laughs> you got it. Hey, you know what? Make sure you call back and play again. You're a great player, Ken. Thanks Appreciate a lot. You, it was buddy. great to talk to you. Yes, sir. Okay, same here, Carl. Take care. All right, buddy. When we come back, it's the Falcon. Stick around. His mother told him someday you will be a man. And you will be- More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Folks, I want to remind you that we have an incredible podcast. It's absolutely yours each and every Monday for the low, low price of only $5.99 a month, which is about $1.50 a week. That's uh, That covers our cost to send it to you for the MailChimp, for the bandwidth, for the uh, engineering costs, just think about how low that is. $1.50, you get a five-hour podcast sent to you. And we're also now going to add radio rarities to that. So, uh, and, and people are saying, radio rarities? Soon. not quite. Radio yeah, we're rarities? Yeah, within the next couple of weeks, we'll, uh, we'll start um, putting a half hour, it's about a 35-minute radio rarities as part of the five-hour show. Now... The program you're listening to is five hours a week, but not all of our radio stations carry the full five hours. So uh, Lisa came up with this great idea a few years ago. She said, Carl, why don't we make the podcast available, send it right to our listeners, make sure the links never expire, they can listen to it on demand, and make it just enough to cover the cost to send it to people. And it was a great idea, and a lot of people do subscribe to it. And if you are not subscribed and you would like to get the show, the full five-hour show, along now with Radio Rarities in a couple of weeks, sent to you each and every Monday, go to our website, hollywood360radio.com. At the very top of the website is how to sign up to the podcast. Right, Lisa? Right. It's a great deal, and uh, I think you'll really appreciate it if you give it a shot. Yep. And uh, as I say, we bill you five ninety nine a month, which is approximately $1.50 a week for the full five hours. And um, yeah, I'm really excited about we've We actually have recorded eight now, eight of the uh, radio rarities. Um, we just did one recently with uh, the Whistler. It was very cool. All right, we have an episode now of the Falcon. This is going back to November 5th, 1950, the case of the rich racketeer. Here's Les Damon, part one of the Falcon. The Kraft Foods Company brings you The Adventures of the Falcon, starring Les Damon. Hello? Yes, this is the Falcon speaking. Oh, June. I was just thinking about you, Angela. The theater tonight? No, I'm sorry, I'm working on a case. Of course, I know those tickets were hard to get, but so was the murderer. And I've got a date with one in exactly half an hour. This is Ed Hurley, friends, inviting you on behalf of the Kraft Foods Company to listen to The Adventures of the Falcon. You met the Falcon first in his best-selling novels. Then you saw him in his thrilling motion picture series. Now join him on the air when the Falcon solves. The Case of the Rich Racketeer. The Case of the Rich Racketeer. 
It's Sunday afternoon in New York City. A cab pulls up in front of a large Central Park West apartment building and two men get out. One of the men is big, beefy, and florid, while the other is slim and quick-moving. The two men hurriedly enter the building and ride the elevator up to the 10th floor, where florid face leads the way to one of the apartments and opens the door. Plo? Hey, Plo? Guess my wife's not home yet. Come on, Garland. Come on in, let's get the door. Excellent idea, Sullivan. Excellent. Wait there and leave your hat and coat on. Won't take me but a second to write a check. Check? Yeah, check. I think I'd rather have cash, Sullivan. I was much too good in court this afternoon to warrant a check. Okay, so you were good. You were swell. You were better than usual. And you're still the best business finagler in New York. But you're going to get a check. Finagler is a nasty word. Almost as nasty as racketeer. Yeah, but racketeer is better, Garland. You see, in my business, you don't have to pretend to be something you're not. But you do have to be smart. Yeah, that's right. You have to be smart. Now then, here's your check. Take it and blow. I got a date in a little while. Only a thousand dollars? You're lucky to get that much. Hey, hey, don't tear that up. Why, you cheap chiseling punk. I saved your fat neck this afternoon. An income tax evasion charge is the only way they catch guys like you. And I cleared you. I got you off scot-free because there wasn't any evidence of the money you made. They could have ruined you. Yeah, but they didn't. No, they didn't. And I'll tell you why they didn't. Because I advised you not to keep any records or books. I told you to keep your profits on hand in cash and not to keep it in any banks. So what? So I want my share in now and I want it in cash. I know you've got more than 300 grand solid away. You're crazy, Garland. Oh, no, I'm not. I know you've got that money, Sullivan, and I want my share. I want it right now and fast. I want $30,000, and I want it in cash. Oh, why, you stupid little... <clears throat> Say, hey, that, that's the way you want to play it, huh? That's the way, Sullivan. I'm not bluffing. It's loaded, and I'm not afraid to use it. So if you want to enjoy your freedom, hand over the thirty grand. Now, look, Garland, be reasonable. Put that gun away. Not a chance. But you're wrong. I swear you are. I'm broke. That $1,000 check I just wrote will practically wipe me out. <laughs> you expect me to believe that? It's true. Now, listen. I know you deserve a bigger fee, but I can't give it to you now. Later, I'll no, try quit and... stalling, Sullivan. Where's the money? I know you got it. I dumped it in an oil deal out west. I thought I could really clean up, but something went wrong. <laughs> you never took a chance in your life, and an oil well is a gamble. You're a sure thing player. Come on, Sullivan. Getting tired of holding this gun. Where's my $30,000? I tell you, Garland, Get it quick, I want... Sullivan, or I'm going to pull this trigger. What the... Larry, what in the world? Look out, Flo. This gun might... No, you don't. Oh, yes, I do. Oh. Oh. That's better. I'll just keep this gun as a souvenir. Now get out of here before I break it over your head. What's going on here, anyway? Shut up. Okay, Garland, get going. You made a mistake, Mr. Sullivan. A big mistake. I want that 30 grand, and I intend to get it. That little bum might have killed me with his gun if you hadn't opened the door and banged into him. That's too bad. If I'd known, I'd have waited outside in the hall. What? You heard me. What's eating you? You are. Come on, come on. Spill it. What's on your mind? A blue-eyed, baby-faced little blonde, Bonnie Shaw. Bonnie? What are you talking about? Get wise to yourself, Larry. Did you really think you were kidding me? Don't you think I know where you've been spending your evenings? Now, wait a minute, Flo. You don't know what Take you're talking... Take your talk hands off me, you big ape. 
I've been a sap for a long time, but now you're going to pay and pay plenty. How did you find out about Bonnie and me? A little bird told me. I said, how did you find out? And I said, a little... You're going to be sorry for that, Larry. Very sorry. Yeah? But not as sorry as you're going to be. Your little bird didn't tell you quite enough. Sure, I've got a girl named Bonnie Shaw, and I'm nuts about her. I'm going to divorce you and marry Bonnie just as soon as possible. Really? And I got more news for you, too, baby. Just in case you think you're going to hook me. I'm broke. I've been wiped out completely. You can't get a dime out of me. That's too bad, isn't it? Yeah, it's a shame. I feel so bad about it, I'm have to bust out crying if I hang around here any longer. So get away from that door and let me out. Sure, Larry, I'll let you go. But not with Bonnie Shaw. Try and stop me. Wait, Larry. You're forgetting something, aren't you? Now, look, Blow. Put that gun down. Larry, I only wanted to hand it to you. It belongs to your lawyer friend. Don't you want to give it back to him? Why, why, yes. Maybe I'd better. No. On second thought, I don't think he needs it as badly as I do. You? Yes, darling. I've just thought of a wonderful use for it. Well, what are you going to do? Can't you guess, Larry? I'm the forgotten middle-aged wife who's been dropped without a cent. I'm going in the bedroom and blow my brains out. Oh, don't kid me, baby. You'd never do that. You're so right, darling. I'd never, never do that. Sorry I'm late, Bonnie, but... Nice little hideaway you got here, Sullivan. Miles from the city. Woods all around. Lake out front. You couldn't have picked a sweeter love nest. Who are you? My name's Shaw. I'm Tom Shaw. Shaw? Yeah, I got a sister named Bonnie. Mean anything to you? You're Bonnie's brother? That's right. Where is she? She'll probably be along in a few minutes. Say, I don't get this. Bonnie didn't tell me you'd be here. She didn't know it. And what are you doing here? I'm telling you to stay away from Bonnie. Maybe she'll have something to say about that. Bonnie's just a kid. She doesn't know what she's doing. Now, look, Joe. You've got the wrong idea. I'm crazy about Bonnie. We're in love. We're going to get married. No, you're wrong, Sullivan. And even if you meant it, I'd die before I'd let her throw herself away on a grafting racketeer like you. Guy who's old enough to be a father who's already married. You told my wife about Bonnie. Sure, I told her. Why, you little... My jaw. Next time, it won't be your jaw. It'll be your neck. Now get out of here and stay out. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get out, Sullivan. But I'm coming back with a gun. Operator. I want to call New York City. What number, please? You'll have to look it up. I want to make a person-to-person call to Mike Waring, the private detective who's known as the Falcon. You know, Angel, you got the bluest eyes. (laughs) Yeah, they go so well. Hand me the phone, will you, Angel? 
Don't answer it, Mike. Let it ring. I've got to hand it to me, huh? Oh, all right. Hello? Like that. Uh, yes? Is this Mike Waring, the Falcon? Yes, it's the Falcon speaking. Must be something wrong with this connection. For a second, I thought... Oh, never mind what you thought. Just tell me what you want. I want to hire you. Right now? Yes. Why? Are you working on something else? Uh, yes, I am. Well, then drop it. This job's important to me, and I'm willing to pay plenty if you'll come out here right away. Where are you? In my cottage at Teller Lake. Well, it's 10.30 now. I couldn't get there much before midnight. I know that. All right, what's the job? I'm working on a very important deal at the moment, and it's absolutely necessary to keep my movements secret. I'm pretty sure that somebody's been following me this evening. I want you to find out who it is. You say money is no object, Sullivan? None at all. Okay, keep talking then. Just exactly where is this cottage of yours? All right, that's the first portion of the Falcon. Lisa says Falcon, and I say Falcon. What do you think it is, Lisa Wolf? I don't know that I'm correct. That's just how I pronounce it. Lisa Wolf, no E. That's right. It's Falcon. It sounds it's, but they, like every time you say Falcon, it sounds different to Falcon. me. Falcon. Yeah, but again, we don't know what, you know, I don't know what accents I guess this they have. show is all about how you say words. This Falcon. particular show Draft, is pronunciation. Drought, it's called pronunciation Falcon, or enunciation. Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I say Falcon, you say Falcon. You say Let's Smythe, call the whole I thing say off. Smith. <laughs> this is uh, an episode of The Falcon, <laughs> and it's called The Case of the Rich Racketeer, uh, or Racketeur. It's actually Racketeer. And uh, Les Damon is The Falcon, November 5th, 1950. We'll get back to it in just a few minutes. And uh, don't forget, folks, sign up to our newsletter. It's absolutely free. August 1st, you'll get the new newsletter. The new newsletter. I got huh? that. Yep. Get that? But if you sign up now, so, you'll still get the July newsletter. Yeah. So Sign up right uh, now. No no reason not to. Hollywood 360, radio.com. Just go to the top of the website. It's absolutely free. Sign up. Put your email in, and you'll get the July and then the first of every month, you'll get the new newsletter, which has the full schedule, too. All right, stick around. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, The Whistler, and Abbott and Costello, consider joining the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time. As curator, the 10 shows I select will be the best sound quality and the most popular, along with a rare show sprinkled in to add to the fun. I'll also send you historical liner notes, plus photos of the radio stars. Members also receive an email each week with a link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show. The links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 whenever you'd like. The first month membership fee is only $1, with each additional month under $10. And you can cancel at any time with no obligation. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you're supporting this show, so we thank you very much. Join the Classic Radio Club at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. 
Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Lisa, have you ever really taken a look at this classic radio lovers bundle that we offer? Do you know how much stuff you get? Oh, I like the lovers bundle, Carl. <laughs> in the lovers bundle? The classic radio lovers bundle? Where do you find I mean, a lovers the, bundle, Carl? Just the sound of that sounds good, doesn't it? It sounds very Valentine's Day to classic me. Classic radio lovers bundle. Right. Well... Is, is it, it for radio lovers, lovers or are you a lover or a fighter kind of lover? Is it a lover bu- lover's bundle or a lover's bundle? Well, I don't know, Carl. Classic You're having trouble with pronunciations tonight. Lo- <laughs> it's classic radio lover's bundle. That's the way it's supposed to be pronounced. Right, but that's not how you usually pronounce it. I know, I pronounce it, it, so it wrong. it gives off a different vibe. Wait, are you surprised that I pronounce it wrong? No, I'm not. Okay, so it's actually a classic radio lover's bundle. That's the way you're supposed a to say it. Radio... Why don't you correct no, me? No, a classic radio lovers bundle no it's That's classic you, radio lovers bundle there you go it's That's a radio lovers not radio lovers Folks, bundle. if you want to know what's in the classic radio lovers bundle <laughs> <laughs> you get my book that i co-wrote with martin grams it's called the top 100 classic radio shows it's a 224 page full color coffee table book detailing the 100 best love shows of the golden age of radio it includes Hundreds and hundreds of radio star photos, quotes, and little-known facts. It's I'm very proud of the book. It's a great book. And the book alone includes three audio suit, uh, CDs in the back cover with six classic radio shows, along with access to digitally download an additional 72 classic radio shows free. It's It's an interactive book. And now the book retails for 30 bucks, okay? Just the book alone. But if you order the classic Radio Lovers bundle, you're going to get 10 more CDs with 20 more shows. That alone is a $40 value, okay? So the and the whole thing's only 29.98. Right. I mean, so come on. That's a great deal. So whether you're a radio lover or just a lover, it's perfect. And here's the thing, for only 29.98, plus shipping and handling, (laughs) you're going to get 98 classic radio shows because of what I just described. You get the coffee table book, and it's shipped right to your uh, to your door. It's a great offer. And it's a great gift for someone you love. Really and truly. Because it is a lover's bundle. And you know, when, I, honest, <laughs> honest, to, honest to goodness, Lisa, when people get the book, yeah. they're, they're, a lot of them are very kind and they let me know. They're like, wow, I had no idea right. this book was going to be so big. Huge coffee. It's, it's it, very it entertaining. Like five it's, pounds. it's visually it's, attractive. It's and it's great. very easy yeah. to read. It's a great book. Plus, you're going to get all these extra shows when you get the classic Radio Lovers bundle. Just go to our website, Hollywood360radio.com. Hollywood360radio.com. Order the classic Radio Lovers bundle. Said there it right go. that time. We got it now. All right, we're listening to The Falcon, starring Les Damon. The case of the rich racketeer. Here's the conclusion. <laughs> Hello? Mrs. Sullivan? Yes. Who's this? The same guy who called you this morning. You mean about my husband? That's right. Who are you, anyway? Never mind who I am. I just found out where your husband is meeting Bonnie Shaw. Where? In the last cottage down the road on Tallow Lake. He's there now waiting for him. If you're interested in keeping him, you better go out and bring him home right away. 
And if I'm not interested? Well, in that case, you might drop him a farewell note. Because I have a hunch he's going on a long, long trip. It's an hour and a half later. Mike Waring has just stopped his car outside Larry Sullivan's secluded cottage at Tallow Lake. The light is on in the living room, but the house and countryside are strangely quiet. Mike walks up to the front door and knocks. There's no answer, no sound from inside. He opens the door and stops suddenly. Across the room with her back pressed tensely against the closed bedroom door stands a beautiful, young, very frightened blonde. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. When I knocked and nobody answered, I'm I... not scared. You better try again, Angel. It's not that cold in here. I don't understand. You're trembling. Why? I don't know. Okay, have it your way. Where's Sullivan? Larry? I don't know his first name. He called himself Sullivan and he hired me to come out here. Why? Said he needed a detective. You're a policeman? No, I'm a private detective. Hey, what's the matter with you, anyway? Where's Sullivan? He, he's not here. He's gone. He won't be back. Please, you'd better go now. Now, wait a minute, Angel. Not so fast. What's behind that closed door? It's, it's just the bedroom. Who's in there? Nobody. Nobody at all. Please. Now, don't try to kid me, Angel. If Sullivan's changed his mind about needing a detective, he's not going to brush me without getting out his checkbook. No. No, please don't open the oh. <laughs> I wonder you got the shakes. What gives me the jitters? Too. Is Sullivan? Yes. With a bullet hole in the back of his head. Larry. Okay, you can cut out the act. I'm not impressed. I... Yes, where's the gun? The gun? The gun you killed him with. It's not here. Where is it? You think I killed Larry? You just try to get rid of me. You're scared, silly, and you knew he was in there. No. No, you're wrong. I didn't shoot Larry. I just got here a few minutes ago. I found him in there. I was frightened. I didn't know what to do. Why were you tailing him tonight? I don't understand. He told me on the phone that somebody was following him. That's why he hired me. He wanted me to find out who it was. I wasn't following Larry. I came here to meet him tonight. I loved him. We were going to be married just as soon as his wife divorced him. You already had a wife? Yes. She killed him. She must have found out about us and come here tonight. That's possible. She might have been the person who was following him. Of course, it must have been his wife, don't you see? Well, not yet, but a little outside help might clear it up. Where's the phone? What are you going to do? Call the police. No. No, wait. I I mean, you've got to understand about us, about Larry and me. Yeah, sure, sure, I know. You can tell me all about it after I put in this call. No, please don't call them until... look, Angel, you can't pump bullets at a ball spot without letting the police in on the fun. Somehow, I don't think they'd like it at all. Bonnie Shaw, hmm? Yes, Mr. Waring. I've told you the truth. Larry and I loved each other. I had no reason to kill him. Solomon told me he was working on some sort of big deal. You know anything about it? No, he never told me about his business. What about Sullivan's wife? Did you know... Th- What's the matter? Just heard somebody out on the porch. Keep talking, Angel. I'm sure she must have found out about us. And I... What is... You're looking for somebody? Tom, what are you doing here? You know this fellow? 
Yeah, of course I know him. He's my brother. Bonnie, you've got to listen to reason. Come home with me. You can't throw yourself away on a no-good racketeer like Sullivan. Tom, you heard. What happened to your jaw? I came here earlier tonight to talk to Sullivan, but he couldn't see things my way. We had a fight and he hit me. Is that why you shot him? Why? Wait a minute. What's going on here? Who are you? A lot of people call me the Falcon. The Falcon? Bonnie, what's happened? Where's Sullivan? He's lying in there on the bedroom floor with a bullet hole in the back of his head. He's dead? Definitely. Let go of me. What's the idea? I just wanted to see if you had a gun. What, are you satisfied? No, you could have thrown it away out there in the woods. You think I killed Sullivan? You said you had a fight with him tonight. Yes, we had a fight, but I didn't kill him. I was plenty sore when he threw me out, but I cooled off after I called his wife. You called Sullivan's wife tonight? Yes. Why, you contemptible little... All right, take it easy, Angel. I did it for your own good, Bonnie. And Sullivan's wife did know about him and Bonnie. Of course she knew about... Wait a minute, maybe she did Of course she did it. Why did you come back here, Shaw? Well, after I called Sullivan's wife, I got to thinking. I, I thought that if she came out here, maybe the two of us could break this up. Oh, sure. The police are going to love that story. Did you call the cops? Yes, of course. They'll be here any minute I'm now. getting out. They're not going to find me not here. So Get out of my oh. way! You knocked him out. Yes, well, he'll get over it. And it might jar him into telling the truth when the police wake him up for a chat. gun away from Mr. Gardner and told him to get out. Did you tell the police about that? Well, certainly I told them. They seemed to think that Tom Shaw was the killer. Of course, they said they'd question Mr. Garland this morning. Mm-hmm. Did you leave this apartment last night after your husband went out? Why, no. Could you prove that? I don't think so. Why? What are you driving at, Mr. Waring? Your husband was running around with another woman and you had just found it out. Do you think I killed Larry? Your motive was even better than the others. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I I couldn't kill anybody. Well, you seem to be taking your husband's death pretty calmly. No tear-stained handkerchiefs or swollen eyes. Why should I pretend? He meant nothing to me anymore. I didn't even mind the fact that he had this girl, Bonnie Shaw. You weren't jealous? Certainly not. I knew he was going to leave me, but I didn't care at all. I'll be honest with you, Mr. Waring. If I could have gotten money from Larry, I might have tried to hang on to him. Or at least make him pay plenty to get rid of me. But he was wiped out. He didn't have a dime. Your husband was broke? Yes. He told me so last night, just before he went out. So you see, he was of no more use to me. I actually was glad he was going to leave me, but I certainly had no reason to kill him. I see. Oh, excuse me. Yes, of course. Mr. Gold. Oh, forgive me for calling so early in the morning, Mrs. Sullivan. I wanted to see Larry before he went out. I'm sorry about that trouble we had last night, and I want to apologize. You, you don't know about... Uh, is this the business manager you were telling me about? Yes, this is Mr. Garland. Well, what's wrong, Mr. Sullivan? Where's Larry? He was murdered last night. Larry's dead? Yes. Why, well, that's terrible. I had no idea. Did you read the morning papers? No, no. You see, I was upset about that quarrel last night, and I wanted to hurry over here as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. That quarrel last night gives you a pretty swell motive, darling. Uh, I, I didn't even know about the murder. Well, you could be lying about that. No, I'm not lying. But you did threaten him. Well, I was only bluffing. He owed me money and I wanted it. I swear I didn't shoot Larry. I couldn't have done it. They took my gun away from me. It's still here. There are other guns. Well, I tell you, I didn't do it. Tell me about this money you say Sullivan owed you. Well, I I did some financial work for him and I felt he owed me a much larger fee than he was willing to pay. Naturally, that made me angry and I guess I lost my head. I had the gun in my pocket. Why? Well, I always carry it. I have a license for it. 
There are certain people who have threatened me from time to time, okay, so Okay, okay. So you pulled the gun on Sullivan. Yes, yes. I, I, I thought I might frighten him into paying me what I wanted. It did frighten him, and he told me the truth. The truth? Yes, he was broke. He literally couldn't pay me. At first, I didn't believe him, but he finally convinced me that he was telling the truth when Mrs. Sullivan came in unexpectedly and, and gave him the chance to grab the gun. Did uh, Barney Shaw know that Sullivan was broke? Well, who was she? Well, didn't you know Sullivan had a young girlfriend? No, no I had no idea. I, I mean, I only knew him professionally. He never discussed his personal life with me. Mr. Waring, isn't it just possible that... That Barney Shaw killed your husband? Yes. That's why I wondered if she knew Sullivan was broke. He might have been stringing her along, telling her he was rich, and last night she may have found out the truth. Hello, Mike. What? What are you doing in my apartment, Bonnie? Mike, I've been trying to find you all morning. <laughs> you don't waste much time, do you, Angel? It was Mr. Waring last night. Oh, I... I'm sorry, it just slipped out. Uh-huh. Well, make it a habit, huh? I like the intimate touch. You look tired. Yeah, I know. Working for nothing always wears me out. I don't understand. I've been using my talents out of pure curiosity this morning. Sullivan hired me last night, but he didn't pay me any money. Then maybe you let me hire you. You? Yes, Mike. You've got to help Tom. Have they arrested him? Not yet, but they, they held him for questioning all night. He denies the murder, so they had to let him go this morning because of lack of evidence. But I want to hire you to find the real murderer. Are you sure about that? Of course. Please, Mike, please let me hire you to clear Tom. I cost money, you know. I don't have very much, but I'll, well, I'll try. That mink coat you're wearing doesn't exactly look like a ticket to the poorhouse. <laughs> don't let this coat fool you. I didn't pay for it. Larry gave it to me as a present. Sullivan gave you that coat? Yes. When? About a week ago. Why, what's wrong? Sullivan claimed he was broke. But that's ridiculous. He had lots of money. In fact, he told me he just made a tremendous killing in some sort of business deal, and that's why we... That's why you what? No, no not nothing. It... Now, now, come clean, Angel. If you want my help, you've got to tell me the truth. All right, Mike. I'll tell you the truth. Larry wasn't broke. I know we... You see, we weren't going to wait for his divorce. We were going to South America together. In fact, he already had the steamer tickets. And a stack of money in cash? Yes. You know where that money is? No, Mike, I don't. I swear I don't. You wouldn't lie to me, would you, Angel? No, Mike, I wouldn't lie to you. I couldn't. You know that, darling. <laughs> well, that's a nice try, but you'd have to do better than that. All right, wrap that mink around your lovely shoulders. We're going treasure hunting. Where to? Out to Sullivan's Cottage on Tallow Lake. Miracle Whip. Has a flavor so pleasing. Miracle Whip. Tastes so lively, so teasing. Miracle Whip. Only one of its kind. Miracle Whip. Best salad dressing you'll find. Miracle Whip is the only one of its kind. Because it's a different type of salad dressing made from a secret craft recipe. Miracle Whip combines the best qualities of old-fashioned boiled dressing and fine mayonnaise. So it's truly distinctive and delicious. With a flavor millions of folks call just exactly right. Try it, won't you? One taste will tell you why it's America's favorite salad dressing. The one and only Miracle Whip. <laughs> Thank you.
Now, back to the adventures of the Falcon. An hour has passed since Mike set out for Tallow Lake with Bonnie Shaw. Now they've arrived. Mike, look. Yeah, it looks like a cyclone hit the place. Well, I'm not surprised. The murderer was here searching for the money. Yes, of course. And he's beaten us to it. He must have found it if Larry had it hidden here. Now, don't be too sure about that, Angel. You don't think the money was here? Oh, yes, I'm sure it was here. And I think it still is. But why? Well, look at this room. Everything is torn up, drawers are empty, pillows slashed, rugs thrown back. Nothing's been overlooked. I don't understand. Well, it's simple, Angel. If the place was only partly torn up, it might mean the killer had found the money. But everything in here has been gone over carefully, and more than once. That means he hasn't found it yet. Then Mikey may still be here. Maybe we interrupted him. Yes, maybe, but I've got another idea I like a lot better. What? The murderer knew about the money, but didn't get a chance to search for it last night after killing Sullivan. So this morning early, the killer came back out here, went over the cottage, but couldn't find the money. So the murderer got the bright idea of hiring me, a detective, to help find the missing cash. Mike, you don't think that I... After all, Angel, you knew about the money and the others didn't. Oh, Mike, the others could have known. Even Tom could have known about it. Sure, but I don't... (gasps) Down on the floor, quick! What happened? Well, yes, I owe you an apology, Angel. We did interrupt the murderer and he just tried to kill me. And he's out there in the woods. He may try to come up here. Hold it. What is it? Listen. Car. Yeah, he must have hidden it in the woods. He missed once and decided not to try again, so... Oh. What's the matter? <laughs> look over there on the floor. The wall mirror. The bullet smashed it. Yes, and look what was hidden behind the glass. An envelope. Uh-huh. An envelope. And full of thousand-dollar bills. Larry's money. <laughs> oh, brother, that's irony for you. The murderer couldn't find it, but his bullet did. He's not a very good shot. <laughs> Wait a minute. Shot. What? Thanks, Angel. You just told me something I should have known three hours ago. What do you mean? The murderer. I know who it is now. Who, Mike? Sullivan's lawyer, Arthur Garland. Uh, would you like a drink now? Not until you tell me how you knew Garland was the killer. Well, now that the police have caught up with him, I guess I can. You see, Garland made one little slip. A slip that I didn't recognize until you mentioned the word shot. Then it clicked suddenly. What? Well, you see, when I talked to Garland this morning, he claimed he didn't even know about the murder. Yes. Well, neither Mrs. Sullivan nor I told him any of the details, yet he knew Sullivan had been shot. He said, I swear I didn't shoot Larry. Well, Sullivan might have been stabbed, poisoned, or bashed over the head for all he knew. How else would Garland have known Sullivan had been shot unless he himself had done the shooting? Mike, you're wonderful. (laughs) I'd never have thought of that. Well, you're not a detective, Angel. No. But I might like to be a detective's wife. All right, swell. I know a couple of boys in the force who'd love a wife like you. (laughs) Okay, Mike, you win. (laughs) But you can't play me for trying, can you? No, not me. I like persistent women. Oh, good. I'll have that drink now. Okay, then I promise to try again. Do you like rich, delicious chocolate-flavored malteds? Well, you can make a malted just like that right in your own kitchen with Kraft chocolate-flavored malted milk. Just make a tasty paste of Kraft chocolate-flavored malted milk 
and a little milk in the bottom of a big glass. Fill the glass with chilled milk, stir it once more, and there. A craft malted is mighty nourishing, too, because it's filled with all the food values in milk. Get a jar of Kraft chocolate-flavored malted milk from your grocer and enjoy a Kraft malted often. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. That's the Falk in November 5th, 1950. The case of the rich racketeer starring Les Damon with Ed Hurley. He used to say, it's little old me, Ed Hurley. Doing the announcing there. Hope you enjoyed that. Time for this month in music history. And we are going back to 1998. Changing gears a little bit with this song. Is this like Sheena Easton or? It's not, but it's Shania, it's Shania Twain. Oh, Shania Twain. Oh, you're still the one. It's a Grammy Award Shania winning song. Shania Twain. Written also and recorded by Shania Twain. Released on her album called Come Over in 19... Uh, it's called Come Over? Come on over. 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 Peaked at number one on the Billboard charts for nine weeks. Did it peak a boo or just peak? Just peak. Oh. Just peak. Shania Twain. Shania Twain. Yeah. She's good. She's great. I like Shania Twain. <laughs> good. It's a little I mean, slow I like for you, but I like too. it. Shania Twain. Like Mark Twain? Yeah. yeah. I wonder if she was any relation. Probably. They're probably siblings. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Lisa. More of Hollywood 360 after this short break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. In our next hour, it's a comedy episode of the Phil Harris and Alice Faye Show from 1948. But we'll start things out by playing Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous, the music edition. Right, Lisa? That's right. I think that's your favorite segment, Carl. I've got some great songs and um, some possible facts on those songs. You're going to let me know if they're real or ridiculous. Have a little bit of fun. How does it work? Huh? Huh? What? What did you say? What did you do? You weren't listening. Huh? What? What? We'll explain it in the next hour. What? (laughs) (laughs) No, I do like like, Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous, the music edition. So uh, that's all in our next hour. We'll see you soon. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.